Light Anglers. Today is February 11th. My name is Jack and welcome to your daily episode of The Light Angle. If this is your first time here, welcome. I'll be spending the next 5 to 15 minutes talking about some stuff going on in the world and incorporating scripture into it. Before we get into today's topic, just a quick reminder, please be sure to leave a 5-star review, rate, like, subscribe, and whatever else you can do for us on the platform you're using to listen to the show. Here on The Light Angle, we try not to focus on the left or right angles, but rather try to find the light angle. We want to spread the good news of our King of Kings, Jesus Christ, and use that knowledge to better deal with the negativity we find ourselves living in day to day. Your five-star review and sharing of this show with others helps us to better spread the light angle and the Word of God. All right, so today's article is actually from foxnews.com, and it's an op-ed. And I, sometimes I try to avoid these because, you know, they put a certain spin on the truth. Uh, but this op-ed is actually just the truth. Uh, so the, uh, the person writing this is actually Phil Robertson. He's a uh, professional hunter who invented his own duck call and founded the successful show called Duck, Com- or founded the successful Duck Commander Company. He also starred in the popular television series on A&E called Duck Dynasty. And now he's the host of a new subscription television series, In the Woods with Phil, on blazetv.com. Um, he's also a New York Times bestselling author uh, with his new book, which was just released this week, uh, called Uncancelled, Finding Meaning and Peace in a Culture of Accusations, Shame, and Condemnation. He's also a co-host on a podcast called Unashamed. So uh, definitely look that up. It's a great podcast and all of his work is really good. He's a very down-to-earth man. Some would say, call him very uh, country, <laughs> if you will. But anyway, the title of this article on foxnews.com is Christians are called to opt out of cancel culture. So let me get into it. In 2008, Rick Warren, the pastor of the California megachurch Saddleback, hosted the civil forum on the presidency between the two presidential candidates, Barack Obama and John McCain. Later, Obama asked Warren to deliver the prayer at his inauguration. Of course, many on the left side of the cultural spectrum attacked Obama's choice of Warren to deliver the prayer. But Christians also went after Warren for his association with Obama's inauguration. I'll admit I'm not at all familiar with the optics of a move such as Warren made. But the way I figure it, even if Bubba asked me to pray at closing time at the local redneck juke joint, I'll jump at the chance. What better opportunity to go before the Father and proclaim his name in the presence of the people who need him more than they know? Perhaps the evangelical Christian naysayers hadn't considered the opportunity that Warren's prayer in front of the nation presented before they attempted to cancel him. Some evangelical Christians are pretty good at canceling others, but contrast how cancel culture tries to coerce folks to submit to an agenda with how mature believers are to spread their message. Silence, then. We know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. 2 Corinthians 2.11 In my younger days, my goal was to back people into a corner and intimidate them into baptism. I'm still very passionate about speaking the name of Jesus to people who are messed up in the same way I once was. Now, however, I am more about persuading. I want to make an appeal that gives people an opportunity to change their minds about the direction of their lives. I guess you could say I abandoned cancel culture tactics long before cancel culture became known as cancel culture. See, 
It's not just people in the world who publicly attack their opponents. A June 12, 2021 Washington Post article quoted several prominent church leaders who publicly blasted one another on a variety of issues publicly. Jesus followers ripping one another publicly to cancel the influence of the other. I'm just an average man, but I am certain Christ is not glorified in this, not even a little bit. Of course, the ultimate attempt to cancel is seen in the orchestration of the murder of Christ. The chief priests and the Sanhedrin stirred up the hastily assembled crowd and paraded a slew of witnesses to bring a string of false accusation against the Lord. There was no social media in the first century, but that didn't prevent the cancel culture from doing its thing. It must have taken the Jewish leaders a couple of hours to assemble their crowd. Now it could be done almost instantaneously. Make no mistake, intimidation and the fear of cancellation is a powerful strategy. The average American is walking on eggshells, trying to avoid breaking the cardinal rule of the cancel culture religion. Be kind, don't offend, don't judge, and tolerate. Even though the rule is to be kind, loving, and non-judgmental, it doesn't always apply because there is a hidden exception to the rule. You are permitted to be unloving, unkind, and judgmental if you are calling out someone you decide isn't loving, kind, and non-judgmental. Then you can hate and judge all you want. Some people may believe they are directed by God to share their opinion. But cancel culture is really about emotional manipulation that is designed to force people into submission. In the dangerous game of cancel culture, there are no winners. Once we go down the road of calling others out in public, we are guilty of doing the same thing. Everyone winds up getting burned because everyone falls short. All of us are guilty of saying things we shouldn't say or being insensitive to the feelings of others. Today, I'm far more concerned about making sure I introduce God into my interaction with folks who practice cancel culture. Instead of political correctness, I'm all about biblical correctness. While I detest the practices of cancel culture, as a follower of Christ, I have to be careful that I'm not guilty of doing what they do. I don't want to treat them the same way they treat me. I want to do things the way God has instructed me to do them. The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed, in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to knowledge of the truth that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. 2 Timothy 2, verse 24 through 28. Rather than forcing people to submit to us by exercising raw power, let's persuade people to embrace freedom from bondage. Other people may wage war with the intention of destroying others, but not us. The divine weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 through 5. Let's fight using the weapons God has given and fight with passion. Rather than killing people in the war that God has called us to fight, let's abide Let's be about freeing them from the lies that distort minds and destroy lives. So that last part came from his book, Uncanceled. I thought it was an interesting op-ed. I thought it was very good for the times we currently live in. And I thought it was interesting to better understand how to handle 
uh, this cancel culture we live in. So many people want to come about us, and what they're coming at us with isn't exactly the truth. It's the truth they believe, but that doesn't make it true. Does that make sense? You know, a lot of times, especially in today's age, you know, with science being the religion of the day, uh, that science is constantly changing. If you've watched the news in the past day or two, all of a sudden these mass mandates and all this COVID stuff is disappearing. And the ones who are actually coming out against it all are the same ones who were enforcing it last week. This stuff is coming from New Jersey, Illinois, California, New York. It's interesting because so many people feel as though we've forgotten about the past two years. Well, not trying to point fingers, but just kind of, you know, persuading you to look in the general direction of where this is coming from. Pray with me, y'all. Father God, thank you for giving us weapons not to kill, but to free people from lies which are used to distort minds and destroy lives. Thank you for those brothers and sisters who stand up to proclaim your son and who are not ashamed to speak openly of who he is. I pray you will give us all the courage to go and proclaim his name in the presence of people who need him more than they know. Help us to persuade people to embrace freedom from bondage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. That's it for today's episode of The Light Angle. But remember, we each have a purpose that's much greater than making a few extra hours, feeding a temptation, or getting the last word in on a social media post. It all starts with two simple things. Loving our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. Hope always starts with a little light in the darkness.